This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Michael, and Mark. And apparently... Miley Cyrus wants to smash the patriarchy or something like that. I mean, she, they're not wrong. I was out at a bar at a girls' night out a about a month ago, I think, and we listened to the new Miley Cyrus song. Which it was then the new Miley Cyrus song, and watched the video, and it's absolutely a hardcore feminist video. Okay. I mean, there's no doubt. It's all about don't take my rights away or whatever. I don't remember the song now. Somebody's taking women's rights away. Well, they uh, should give them back. It wasn't even rights; it was freedom. Don't okay. don't take my freedom from me or something. I don't know. It's not an awful song. It's not the kind of Wait thing a I listen Somebody to. in America has freedom. <laughs> well, they think they do That's at news. the very least. I wonder. I'd, I'd be interested in the definition of this freedom. So Miley Cyrus has certainly had an interesting career arc from oh, one yeah. of those Disney kids to didn't she kind of go crazy for a little while, sort of like Britney Spears did. Well, um, there was that uh, that Alan Robert Thick, Alan Thick. I'm not sure. Video where um, she was kind of sticking her tongue out and stuff and being weird. Okay, maybe I'm just thinking about Britney Spears. Then uh, Justin Bieber sort of did the same thing. It seems to just be a. If you've got enough money, you can go crazy. That's true. The the social restrictions are different for those of us wandering around in the middle classes than it is uh, for people who are way up there and have plenty of money. I mean, once you have enough money, then you can tell the whole world. If they call it F.U. money for a reason, right? True. You say F.U. enough, and you've you've lost your mind. I, I suppose that's true, um, but she's recovered now. Or if she ever went crazy, I may be thinking of the wrong person. Who knows? If she ever went off her rocker for a little while, she's at least recovered. She's back in the music scene and all of that. And evidently she broke up with somebody. I I don't know, because I don't follow that sort of news at all. It's probably the one thing on this planet that I'm least interested in. Uh, A person named Liam Hemsworth uh, was uh, the the breakup occurred with. And who is he? Oh, oh, I don't know. There's not even a picture. I've never heard of the guy. Okay, so Um, just some dude, basically. And according to this woman writing this article, I think you said at CNN? Uh, NBC. NBC. NBC NBCnews.com. It's proof of smashing the patriarchy. Yep, from Marcy Bianco, and I'm sure she's fun at parties. Uh, over the past week, an assortment of trendy stories from Jeffrey Epstein to the Dayton and El Paso mass shooters to Miley Cyrus's separation and Julianne Hughes declaration <laughs> that she's not straight together have laid bare the strictures of an American patriarchy on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Wait a second. Wait, what? Are you on a nervous breakdown? No. Like, okay. I'm not on a nervous breakdown. We must not be what part of the patriarchy. What could make the argument that I I am? Are you did. on the edge of a nervous breakdown? No, I would be post-nervous breakdown. Oh, I've had a nervous breakdown, but that had to do with caffeine and uh, stimulants, not uh, sure. um, not not the patriarchy. But um, yeah, that was years ago. Anyway, the as the status quo, heterosexuality is just not working, says, uh, again, Marcy Bianco. Who's, no, I'm... I'm Wait, what? a naturalist, right? Which is not a what? I don't know what a naturalist is. I'm, an, right. I'm a naturist. Likes, Let's like, put it that way. You like to go out in the woods and look at leaves? Uh, no, I'm okay. an evolutionist. Okay, uh, is generally a more applicable term. So I'm of you know that you say heterosexuality isn't working, or the the author says heterosexuality isn't working. Yeah. I don't know what else could. Right. I would say that uh, there's eight billion people on the planet. Heterosexuality is doing fine. 
Yes. Marcy. I, I would tend to agree. Science will solve that one eventually. Yeah, well, I agreed. You know, like I can, I could take that stance. It's not like, um, you know, I don't understand that the modern woman can, uh, for less than $100 of uh, items off of Amazon, solve all the things that modern men uh, do for them. Uh, you know, like uh, you can get yourself a fly swatter, um, those little things you can put underneath the legs of furniture. Um, you know, something, one of those little grabber arms that'll get things out of the top shelf. I mean, all the things that modern women need they can pretty much solve for a hundred bucks and one trip to, on Amazon. You seem to have given this a fair bit of thought. Oh yeah, I think that uh, men are the vestigial gender. We're, not, we're just not that useful anymore. There's, you know, the testosterone with all the advantages it comes with does come with some disadvantages. We're pretty violent. If that, you look that's at true. if you look at the uh, if you look at violent crime in this country, most of it's committed by men. Oh, like or at least blamed on of men. it. Yeah. And, you know, the domestic violence, I think men probably get a disproportion of the uh, amount of the blame there because they're the bigger one. I would agree. But, um, you know, let's, I mean, for every the man who, work that uh, out on their own. For every man who hits a woman in a domestic violence relationship, there is a woman who either, A, is intentionally antagonizing to the man who she knows will get pushed to that point, or B, Unless it's hit her the first guy time first, hit. or C, is staying there. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, it's victim blaming, but then again, um, you know, well, it's not I can like do the that. Victims... my mother was killed by one of these people. Yeah, it's not like the victims aren't to blame sometimes, too. So no. I don't know. Let me just go on here with uh, Marcy's thing. We sound uh, really progressive, all of us. As a snapshot of 2019 America, these stories present a startling picture. Men continue to coerce, harass, rape, and kill girls and women, and go to extreme lengths to avoid responsibility for their actions. On the other side of the issue, women and girls are challenging heterosexuality and even absconding from it altogether. Okay, so <laughs> this is when you think of the, the sexual binary, right? Like uh, the gender binary, you determine that uh, men coerce, harass, rape, and kill girls and women. And they should put beat up, too, because, I mean, that happens. Sure. But um, if you look at the numbers, men assault men at a far higher rate than they assault women i don't know because i know that a there is a lot of underreporting from male sexual assault victims uh because so much of that uh, well, i didn't is, mean sexual assault but just any assault but if you look okay. at prisons I, I suspect uh you start wrapping that number in it it's going to drive up some of your numbers i don't know true just a guess that men are overwhelmingly likely to be the victims of assault by men rather than women yes Okay. Um, so, I mean, yes, it's true, but as a guy, right, as one of the three or four billion guys on the planet, I don't have any control over those other dudes. Like, I'm not communicating to any of them through my magic male telepathy, and we don't have some plan for <laughs> coercing, harassing, raping, and killing girls and women. Um, this is just... Well, this is... The, the ramblings of a sex crime victim, sadly, I would presume. I, I would I would assume uh, she's probably a man not hater. a victim of a sex crime. Not? I would, I would assume she probably is not. Okay. She sounds like she's one of these um, upper middle class, um, educated, in quotation marks, white liberals who just hates everything and everyone because she has been systematically programmed to since the time she was 12 years old. But aren't like... One out of three women victims of some kind of sexual Look, harassment they, or assault or whatever? They they claim that, right. Okay. 
Back when I was in high school, I'm not going to say the year, but I read a Cosmopolitan magazine when I was at my sister's house because that's what she had lying around. And it was all about. Cosmo's great. Yeah, it was all about. The article was about how women insisted they had been raped when they hadn't been. Okay. Such an article would never fly today, right? You you have hashtag me too, hashtag believe women and all of these other things. But the fact is that every single female with whom I've ever had a relationship claimed that at some point she had been sexually assaulted. Okay. And without fail, as they told me these stories over the course of the relationship, it came out that, no, no, they just they just never actually said no. Or they just never said, oh, yes, I want to have sex with you. And that's what they were defining as sexual assault because they seemed, these particular girls that I'm thinking about, they seemed to have this desire to have to believe themselves to be so desirable to men that the men could not resist. That's been my experience with the, from a very long lifetime of dating almost exclusively women and being very successful at it. So wait, they actually wanted to be victims? No, they wanted to believe that they were sexy enough, hot enough, attractive enough that they could be victims to men. Well, I think just about anybody could be a victim. Um, so sure. I, mean, I, I yeah. don't think that's a, a criteria, um, uh, personally. It is in their heads. But it's certainly something that I read about then and that I took note of because I thought it was such an interesting article and something that my life experiences has 100% substantiated. I don't know any woman I've dated who, when she told the story, it actually sounded like anything resembling sexual assault. 855 This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria, Michael, and Mark. And I want to tell you about local.bitcoin.com because bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform unlike anywhere else in the world. They They allow you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash using dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, bank transfer, or just meeting in person with cash. They have no ID requirements, no KYC whatsoever, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So go check them out. That's local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Uh, I think we have three Hosts here on Free Talk Live who are actively selling at local.bitcoin.com. It's an awesome service, uh, and I can't get enough of it. So check it out one more time. That's local.bitcoin.com to get started buying and selling Bitcoin cash. Uh, just to for folks uh, to know, KYC stands for Know Your Customer. Yes. Uh, because, well, you know, I didn't know what that was for the longest time. People just threw out those letters, and I didn't know what it meant. Sorry. I get so used to just saying KYC, KYC, that I forget yeah. that not everybody knows what that means. Going on here with the story from NBCNews.com, Marcy Bianco, a snapshot of, uh, excuse me, uh, framed differently, the picture is this. Men need heterosexuality to maintain their social dominance over women. Say what? Okay. How? I mean, if they have social dominance over women, then Yes. They would need heterosexuality in order to secure that. I think that there's some argument for some social dominance, at the very least from a historical standpoint. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, there's also... 
So it's the author's contention the here that having intercourse with somebody oh, yes. is necessarily a submissive dominance interaction? I think that there's something like that that goes on. I mean, don't, wouldn't you say that uh, the sexual act, that there's a dominant person and a, uh, you know, a dominant uh, individual and that dominant individual <laughs> uh, is doing Sometimes the stuff it, it depends I mean, on what you're doing and what your relationship is. I mean, sure, you, you could be dominant submissive. You could try to be equals. You could switch. You could do all sorts of other things. So I don't. I don't think it's necessarily sw- one person is always dominant and one is always submissive. I I think I have to agree with Mark here and the author of this article actually, and that uh, the whole topping and bottoming thing in in whichever style of relationship it is whether it's two women two men or a man and woman or more parties uh somebody is necessarily receiving and somebody is necessarily giving somebody's pitching yeah. and somebody's catching that yeah. much is true that and much is true the but... catcher is almost by definition being the receptive one being mm-hmm. the submissive one fair fair enough but how do you take how do you take what goes on in the bedroom and say okay that's proof of patriarchy i don't I wouldn't t- say it at all. Uh, best I could tell uh, in in my relationship, it I, I my wife and I made a deal, right? I was going to be in charge of the business. She's going to be in charge of the household. Okay. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> but I can tell you what. I live in the household. So what does that mean? She acts like her butt's in charge. And, you know, she pays the bills. She decides what gets, uh, you know, what cleansers we use. Like a whole whole bunches about my life is decided by my wife because of this deal I made some time ago. It's not bad, right? Like, life's pretty good. I'm not complaining well, or question, anything. question, would you buy different cleaners if it was Yeah, I you? would buy different cleaners, but I don't care that we have different cleaners. So, I mean, you would buy the cleaners in the way that a man would. You would like, right. okay, this is the cheapest, and it looks like it does the it's job. It's blue. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be blue. It's blue, so it's for windows. <laughs> right. Okay, got right. it. No, it's blues for dishes, right? And blues for windows, yeah. Okay. Agreed? Yeah. I could I could change color on windows, but yeah, uh, for and, dishes, I couldn't. And toilet bowl cleaner. Toilet bowl cleaner. I've always just used the brush. Just, you know, daily... Do the toilet bowl with the brush. Well, if you're going to use something, I would think Comet is probably the best bet for that. Yeah, for the, for like a, every six months or something cleaning, you get in there and you scrub out any stains that uh, manage to, to come along. Sure. So anyway, toilet cleaning aside. Right. It, By it, the way, I clean the toilet at my house. Is that the patriarchy, Marcy? I, I would say not. Okay. I, I would say the person cleaning the toilet is probably not the head of the household. <laughs> well, I don't make an argument as to whether or not I'm the head of the household. I am not the head of the household. I turned over household management to my wife because, well, she knew better about how to take care of a house than I did. And I had, I had a lot of work to do with my business. I'm, you know, manage the business, but not the household. And turns out the business is largely housed in the household. So, um, you know, there's, there's some uh, butting heads there, too. Well, it comes back to sort of how extraterrestrials would view humans as they watch us, you know, scoop cat turds out of litter boxes yes. and dog turds off the side of the road oh the, the this furry animal is it's the in one charge. in charge yeah. yes um w- women on the other hand are increasingly realizing not only that they don't need heterosexuality but that it's often the bedrock of their global oppression this is in nbc.com i want you to understand this is a real coup for lesbians this Woman has got her sort of fantasy about how the world is should be, which is that there should be more lesbians. So I have more lesbians to choose from, and is I, I, I endorse feeding us spirit. a line. Well, 
Look, if we look at the Kinsey scale, is it zero to seven? What is the Kinsey scale? The Kinsey scale is a scale of sort of uh, sexuality. How uh, gay people are? Pretty much. Well, or not gay they are. Okay. Uh, the opposite side of it. They Sure. So it's a, it's a rating about how gay you are, I guess. Okay. And I think gay is a seven and not gay is a zero. And most people fall in somewhere along the edges of this, right? Like you could be a one and never act on a gay thing in your life. But is that like, oh, that that guy looks nice in a suit kind of gay? I don't know. Okay. I, I, I you know, I don't, I look, I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> you know, I just know there's a scale. Well, where, where do you fall on the scale? Me? Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, like a zero or a one or is maybe it, is, something like that. I could look at a guy and say he looks nice in a suit. If you want to say that that's gay, okay. So is there well, actually I mean, a test le- you can take? It's so- certainly some level of gay to find another male attractive. Okay. Um, well, attractive is different than good-looking, isn't it? I, w- I wouldn't think so. So attractive, attractive attracts. Good-looking is just... It doesn't just... mean you are attracted. So if I like uh, tiger lilies or daffodils, uh-huh. I think they're attract- They're pretty, but I'm not sexually attracted to them. Like, I'm not trying to stick okay. anything in there. Right. When people say attractive, they generally mean sexually attractive. So, I don't know. I, again, I, I'm not the one to, to, to go... You know, saying one thing or the other on this sure. this particular subject, but I will say that there's not just such thing as gay and straight. Um, I mean, you know, science has proved that there's the, oh, it's definitely the, a spectrum. A spectrum. Yeah. yeah, so I, I would say it's probably got more than seven points on it as well. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm happy to go through uh, Marcy's Marcy's wish list here on uh, how the world's women are going to turn against men, but uh, it, it does get funnier and funnier but as time goes by. Is it women and their whole pregnancy, childbirth, mothering thing? Is it that kind of core to female empowerment in the first place? No, that's core to female oppression. Have you read the article? If you don't want children, it sounds like oppression. If you do want children, then it's empowerment, right? Right. It's it's one woman looking at the world and calling it something is what this is. I want to hear more about this something that she thinks the world is and her. It includes the patriarchy. And Miley Cyrus, for (laughs) some reason. So she wants to smash the patriarchy. We're going to talk all about that. What do you think about the patriarchy and smashing it? 855-450-373. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. With you tonight, it's Aria. Michael. And Mark. And we just took the, well, some of us, I don't know whether or not Michael did, but Mark and I at least. Okay. We all just took the, a a Kinsey test. Uh, It's only seven questions, so it's not going to be extremely accurate 
To no one's surprise, I... I don't feel it's extremely accurate, I can tell you that. (laughs) I was smack in the middle, bisexual, equally heterosexual and homosexual, which I would... That doesn't really surprise me. You're sitting over there in a skirt with, uh, you know, dyed purple and pink hair. It's red, Mark. All right. It may be pink now. Okay. I don't know. I haven't looked that closely. a little band of pink, but it's mostly purple and red. Yeah. So no surprises there. I'm rather upfront about being bisexual. I think it surprises a lot of people who expect me to be like exclusively into men or whatever, which according to some people would make me heterosexual anyway. But let's let's not get into that because I'm, I, I definitely don't agree with that assessment. Uh, Michael, how were your results looking? Uh, so on the scale of zero to six, I got a two. Oh, it's a six. Not a, so it is a seven point scale. Yeah, zero, zero to six. six. So I got a three. You got a Smack what, in the Michael? Middle. A two? Two. I came in at a two also. I wonder if they just don't put anybody at the very ends of the uh, spectrum. I don't know. They want everybody to believe that they're somehow in the, somewhere in the middle. Well, the so, questions were really strange. Um, yeah, I got to say that the questions as to with whom do you form strong emotional bonds, men or women or both or mostly or whatever, and well, I mean, I have a business partner who's a man. That's a strong emotional bond. I like hanging out with dudes because we have we share many of the same interests. Never have I considered the notion <laughs> <laughs> that you, this would somehow make me gay. Um, and then what? the other one was, I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't have to. I mean. No, I, it, it doesn't. I, I've been sitting here thinking about the time a few months ago we were talking about what uh, – the New York Times called Bud Sex. What the hell is Bud Sex? Area? I remember Bud Sex. It was talked about on Freer Talk Live, I believe. Um, so alcohol was involved? Yes. Al- is, oh, alcohol was definitely involved. This is the... Uh, the I mean, there's the, no doubt. The after show video version of Free Talk Live, I guess. That's correct. Yeah. And um, I think we got into it briefly during the show, but we saved most of it for the after show. And it is these... Largely rural, self-identified heterosexual dudes who were engaging in homosexual acts with other men while developing strong emotional attachments to these other men, but not admitting that they were developing strong emotional attachments and saying, you know, it's it's not gay to just uh, occasionally engage in a gay sex act. Yeah, it's not gay. We're just hanging out, right? And, and pleasuring each other's. Um, private parts. Okay, it, well, it was ex- it was exactly as gay as it sounds. We're just helping just each other with a problem. That sounds like a case of denial. They just weren't calling like. it gay. That's okay. exactly what it is. And you know, they admitted during the article when they interviewed these men that a large a large part of it was a result of them being in rural places where they couldn't come out safely and say, "Oh yeah, I'm bisexual" because of all of these social stigmas attached to it. You know, they weren't those fruity gay men who wear tutus or whatever. They were straight cowboy working on the farm kind of gay dudes. Brokeback Mountain stuff. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. I've never seen that movie, but... Uh, I haven't either, I but I've gotten the gist of it from people. It, indeed. I the, I think the important parts, we hit on the important parts. So anyway, we took this uh, this this test here, and I'm going to say um, the two that I came out at is a bunch of malarkey. But whatever. Uh, going on with the article here from msnbcnews.com, this uh, Marcy Gell writing... Patriarchy is at its most potent when oppression doesn't feel like oppression. So she's talking here about heterosexual relationships and how women are now throwing off the yoke 
and that men need heterosexuality to maintain oppression. Okay, so so let me let me get this uh, straight, so to speak. Um, if, <laughs> There's if not much straight in this a, article, but all right. If you're a woman and you're heterosexual and you enjoy being heterosexual, you're oppressed. Yes, according to Marcy, from what I can tell. Patriarchy is at its most potent um, when oppression doesn't feel like oppression or when it is packaged in terms of biology, religion, or basic social needs like security, comfort, acceptance, and success. Well, I hate to break it to this woman. Real life and science disagree with her? (laughs) Yeah, heterosexuality is absolutely a matter of biology. It is the biological norm, the existence of the species depends upon heterosexuality being the norm. Well, I can't do a voiceover for Marcy because I don't know what she sounds like, but I'm going to guess she's a little screechy. Heterosexuality (laughs) offers women all these things as selling points to their consensual subjugation. It's not subjugation if it's consensual. (laughs) It may be sadomasochism, but it's not subjugation. That's That's like saying, okay... Uh, Have you ever seen or read Fifty Shades of Grey? No. Well, the gist of it is that this woman enters into a sex slave relationship with some dude, I think. I don't know. Never having read the books or seen the movies, I'm not 100% clear about it. But uh, from this point of view, that woman is, in real literal terms, a slave, even though she voluntarily, of her own accord, submitted herself to that in the first place. Yeah, I have heard the statistics. I don't, you know, I have I haven't delved deeply into this, but I've heard that the um, that rape fantasies for women are as prevalent as two girls, one guy fantasies are for men, which is to say, darned prevalent. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't I, know. I've never asked. I can say that I have, uh, you know, been in relationships with women where they like a little bit of tying up or something. And look, I'll do whatever it takes to get, uh, you know, get what God intended. Um, so, <laughs> sure, whatever. It's going to take a little longer. And But I was a Boy Scout. I could tie a knot. Okay. <laughs> Historically, women have been uh, conditioned to believe that heterosexuality is uh, natural or innate, just as they've been conditioned to believe that their main purpose is to make babies. And if they fail to do so, they are condemned to as not real or as bad women. But that isn't the case at all. And that's why we have, you know, that's why the female empowerment movement, like, includes abortion to separate the the social requirement of a woman having kids to qualify as being an empowered woman or a fulfilled woman. Yeah, I would say that. um it seems, yeah, I, I don't know what she's talking about here. Maybe she's talking about different places than I live. Because where I live, women can go do anything they want to do. And where I live, women want to have children. And uh, look, every woman I've been with, just about, wanted to have kids at some point. Maybe not right then, but at some point they were going to have kids. I never wanted that. My wife, uh, you know, I'm happy that she did, but my wife basically put her foot down and said, we're going to have kids or I'm going someplace where I can get them. And incidentally, that's why I left my ex-wife because she wanted kids. I didn't. And I wasn't going to work out one of those kinds of agreements with her because I was so adamantly against having a child of my own. Well, you're younger. 
And, sure. uh, you know, I, I, I got to say that things worked out pretty well. By the way, I was just hanging out with a friend who said that he uh, felt the same way. And now that he's had one, he wanted he has two now. First, when he had one, he wanted two. And now he wants four. So what you're saying is that having heterosexual reproduction is a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Once you have the first one, it's hard to stop. So I, I the idea that men are forcing women to uh you know, subjugating them and forcing them to have children doesn't seem very modern, very 21st century to me. No, it's certainly not happening anywhere in Western society. Well, I mean, there's... You know, I mean, the, there may be some outliers. Culturally, there are people that are, you know, the United States is a melting pot. People who come in and, you know, they bring their old ideas from wherever, and some of that's going on, but it's not happening in my social circles, I don't think. Nor mine. Do but you then know again, someone- Marcy's here to tell us otherwise. Do you know a woman who has been forced to have kids or a man who has forced a woman to have his kids? 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE is in free. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. Give us a call. Our toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Michael. And Mark. We've been talking about Marcy, this ultra-feminist at MSNBC. Well, NBCnews.com, writing for NBCnews.com, yeah. Okay, who is uh, just talking nonsense, babbling nonsense, almost incoherently about various ways that heterosexuals have asserted power over women with the with the mighty with the mighty phallus just the very existence of heterosexuality is what causes patriarchy is it seems to be what she's saying that seems to be the premise of what she's saying here and to me that what that is is thin, thinly veiled uh lesbian desire for a larger dating pool um and <laughs> okay. look that's look, a bit base i i think she's just you know corrupted in the head i don't think she's like i need to make more women into lesbians so i'm going to turn them against men i think she's just nuts it could be that too <laughs> so going on here uh with her uh uh, reasoning. Celebrities are not always at the vanguard of feminist thought, but Julianne Hough and Miley Cyrus have recently spoken out about sexuality in ways that put the power and responsibility back into their own hands. In the Women's Health September cover story, Hough, an actress and uh, dancing. What? How is this woman's name spelled? I don't know. Okay. You don't uh, know how it's spelled? Well, it's spelled. I'm sorry. H O U G H. Oh, so yeah. um, an actress with Dan- and Dancing with the Stars champion describes her personal transformation, which included delayering all the survival tactics I've built up my whole life. One of these survival tactics, she says, is meant connecting to the woman inside that doesn't need anything versus the little girl that looked to my husband to protect me. I do think that women do look to uh, men for protection and in a world where you can buy a handgun, it seems like a silly thing to do. Sure. I look to my thirty-eight for protection. But I think many do. 
Yeah. Right. The um, and I would say from an evolutionary standpoint, I feel called to put myself in between whatever harm might come to my wife and family and the harm. So, you know, not an entirely misplaced expectation, I would say. No. And historically, um, the men, as you pointed out, have been the aggressors. And so it's fallen to it's the other men. The men. defenders, too. Yes, that's what I was getting at. It, <laughs> yeah. it falls to the men to defend the non-aggressors against the other aggressors. Yes. Historically. And the women are the ones uh, most likely in historical uh, situations to survive. They're taken as the yeah. slaves. They're left impregnated. They're, you know, whatever. The guys' heads are in piles. And this is what patriarchy would actually look like, by the way. Uh, your husband or your spouse of whatever sexuality being kidnapped, or I mean killed, while you're kidnapped and forced to carry someone else's child. That would be a that, patriarchy. That sounds patriarchal. That yes. definitely sounds like a patriarchy. How about the time in human history when only one out of 17 males was able to reproduce? This is at a time when... Uh, you know, you're still you're talking about most people are in a tribal situation. Sure. So one would presume that in the cities that you're talking about one out of hundreds gets to reproduce. How like, come? Wh- why, why weren't they allowed to reproduce? Well, it's not so much as an allowable thing. They just didn't have their testicles anymore. It was really common to just chop them off. Through what period of human history was this? It's quite quite some time, um, you know, sort of almost prehistory, okay. uh, early city state kind of stuff. Yeah, when when did this happen? Why did they do that? Because there was a guy at top, and he wanted all the women. Oh, oh. okay. I mean, some of the greatest generals in uh, ancient times were eunuchs, and that's not because eunuchs make good generals. It makes it just shows how high you can go up in the social strata and still not have been, uh, you know, swayed from the not, not have been spared from the knife. They never taught us this in school. No, they don't. Look it up on the internet, and I think it's one out of seventeen. Fascinating. I'm I'm, I'm on this story right now, but you can you're welcome to uh, tick 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 away and uh, take a look. No, I I want to get back to Marcy's yep. little confused tirade. Yeah. Going on, she voices concerns that her husband will respond negatively to this newfound self-sufficiency. I was like, he's going to love this version. Is he going to love this version of me? Hold on. So she's married. I guess. She's- she has a husband. Yeah, that, that would make her married, yeah. Okay. So it, it's more of what we talked about last Tuesday on Free Talk Live, which is this whole um, tendency, they call them uh, belief, privilege beliefs, or luxury beliefs is the terminology they used, which is... High-powered, generally high-powered people on the left propagating ideas that they don't actually adhere to, like how uh, heterosexuality is bad, it's damaging, it's destructive, it's oppressive. Oh, let me tell you about my husband. So she's talking about the horrors of heterosexuality. She isn't a lesbian. Couldn't you at that same time extol the virtues of your husband and say, this is a very progressive man here? Now, sure. I you yeah. know I don't know what percentage percentage of men are out there just telling their women what they've got to believe and stuff like that. I tend to think it's very little. I've lived with women, and they tend not to believe anything something simply because I say it. It's quite the opposite, in fact. So um, I, yeah, that sounds like my experience. 
uh, from psmag.com, uh, June 14th, 2017, 8,000 years ago, 17 women reproduced for every one man. Analysis of modern DNA uncovers a rough, rough dating scene after the advent of agriculture. That sucks. Wow. Yeah. Sucks for them. Right. Now, is that the patriarchy or the matriarchy? Because the women got to breed, but it was one guy on top. Hmm. I don't know either. Um, th- that's why you shouldn't just uh, like the idea of of I, I'm all about the individual. Right. And 16 out of 17 individual men could not breed. And by could not breed, I mean, they really couldn't because they had been they'd had their parts chopped off when they were young. That's there's a lack of freedom for you. That, yeah. Yes. Having to carry the baby of this uh, sheik or sultan or whoever the hell's, uh, you know, running the show, not exactly freedom either. But, hey, let's just not forget. Freedom, historically, really hasn't existed. But, yeah, because it's not about uh, female oppression. It's not about patriarchy. It's not about matriarchy. It's not about women being oppressed or men being oppressed. It's about individuals being oppressed by the state apparatus. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. pretty well, accurate. That's, yeah, that's exactly what you're describing. And that's what was going on back then. Yep. Sure, the men were being oppressed by having their parts snipped, and that sucks. But the women were also being oppressed. Uh, it wasn't that men were being oppressed more or women were being oppressed more. It was that the entire population was being used by its ruler. The uh, is, goes on here. Uh, is he going to love this version of me? But the more I dropped into my most authentic self. I wonder how I see a picture here of this person. She looks like she might be in her 20s, so I doubt she's even found her authentic self. But whatever. Uh, The more attracted he was to me. And I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad their relationship's going well. Now that we have. I'm not because it's a hetero relationship, but that's oppressive. (laughs) And now we have a more intimate relationship. I wonder what Marcy's going to have to say about that. Part of the intimacy. Oh, I thought that was Marcy that that was. Julian, uh, Julian, or whatever her okay, name was. Sorry, that would be a part of my confusion then. Part of the intimacy entailed uh, telling her husband that she was not straight, but had chosen to be with him. This is an inspirational statement. It's bold. It's brave. No, it's not. It's just somebody talking because it offers. And by the way, ladies, if you tell your husband that you're also attracted to women, he is going to like that. <laughs> This is like this is not going out on a limb, okay? Now try it in reverse. What's that? Tell be a man telling your wife that you're also attracted to men. That that's probably not going to go as well. That no. doesn't always go as well. It no. does. It does tend to go better than most men would expect, but it's still not going to go well. All right. Well, some of that. Male privilege, I suppose. I, I guess. It just makes me uh, wonder what it's like for these guys that uh, have their wife wander into the bedroom while they're trying on her underpants. Like, that must be a fun conversation. Hold on. Let's start over because I can probably answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been trying on your wife's underpants and she walks into the room? No, she, she knew I was wearing them. Okay. That, that was a fun conversation itself, though. But the, like the first, I like to wear your, I'd like to wear women's yes. underpants, your underpants. Yes, that uh, was the underpants. Fun in quotation marks. There was nothing fun whatsoever no, about that conversation. Okay. Yes, it was thoroughly unpleasant. I would think <laughs> this is just a thought here. I would think it's uncomfortable, Aria. I mean, women's underpants are made for women who are shaped differently, especially in that spot, than men are. So, I mean, I think that things would get kind of bound up and like squished to the side and not maybe... any more so than men's briefs. Men's briefs are designed for what they do. Hello, 
everyone. This is Courtney Shrem, and I want to invite you to join my husband and I, Charlie Shrem, on his new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear it from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join Charlie and his guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as they explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind, even if that happens to be how male genitalia fit inside of women's underwear. 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Michael. And Mark. And we've been listening to Marcy over at NBC News talking about uh, her, well, she's basically having a public uh, fit of schizophrenia from what I can tell, and it's just imagining all sorts of boogeymen being out to get her. Yeah, so it would appear, um, talking about this uh, situation where, um, is it Juliana Huff? I'm sorry, I don't know these people's names. Juliana Huff um, is uh, (laughs) talking about how she's come out as not straight. Now, Miley Cyrus has never been shy about discussing her own personal sexuality. In 2015, the Wrecking Ball singer said, I don't associate men and protection necessarily. I wonder if her security agents are male. Hmm. Yeah, they they probably are. Well, as we talked about earlier, it's primarily men doing the defending against primarily other men. I doubt she has too many women stalking her after shows to attack her. It may happen, but primarily it's going to be other men that her security team is protecting her from. And uh, generally, you're not going to find security teams comprised of women too often. I mean, it would be mostly a publicity stunt. Mostly. There was an African king who put together a uh, crew of sort of, you know, warrior women to protect him. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but so, I suspect that was... this part of the random tidbits of information floating around in your head? When you're a super genius like I am, you, <laughs> you know a lot. Fair point. Yeah. I don't associate men in protection necessarily in a Time Magazine interview. I think that uh, that's given me the openness of sexuality. Okay. Um, So you don't have to necessarily associate protection with your sexual partner. Certainly not. I get how that would be the case, but chances are good if Miley Cyrus employs security or somebody – employee security for Miley Cyrus, the chances are that that security is, I don't know, 95% male. I also would not want to be involved with someone who could not protect me in the event that I needed protecting. Well, um, it's not a common occurrence 
And obviously, if I was with a woman, I would expect to primarily be the one protecting. Oh, I see. So you're saying... Despite being trans. So this is just a, uh, a sexist point of view of yours. That if you're with a man, you want the man to protect you. But if you uh, are with a woman, you want to protect the woman? Is that I the didn't idea? say I would want to protect the woman. I, but you would I feel would expect, obligated? No. I would expect to... It, it would be the default assumption yep. that if somebody were to break into the house, I would be the one confronting that person. Agreed. Yeah, I, I can see how that would be. Um, shortly after it was announced that Cyrus and her husband, Liam Hemsworth, were splitting up, photos of singer kissing a woman in Italy made the tabloid rounds. Gee, I wonder. Um, I, I bet that didn't do anything bad for Cyrus's career. But even before the breakup, Cyrus embraced her non-heterosexual identity in Elle's August cover story. In language that echoed Huck's ownership of <laughs> responsibility for her sexuality and marriage choices, Cyrus noted that she made a partner decision by cho- choosing to marry Hemsworth in late 2018. Isn't it? It's... Late 2019 now. Why? I mean, why does anyone care, these people that can't put together a one-year uh, marriage, what they have to say about this stuff? All right, go ahead. Because they're bored. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Miley Cyrus and this Liam guy, I was looking at about their relationship over the break. They've been on and off again, on and on again, off again since like 2012. Okay. Is he a good-looking man? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, did you see pictures? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a little tiny picture okay, on, yeah. on my tablet. One would think. Michael. But I, I don't know what he looks like. Thank you for taking one for the team. I do not want any amount of my brain cells devoted to the relationship history of Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful that you did that so I don't have to. Yep. Um, let's see. She says. Uh, so she's not. Yeah. She like, made a partner decision for the person that she feel ha- has her back most of the time. No, they 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 have been. They've been. Together and apart. They've been back and forth, on and off again for years. Okay. Cyrus thoughtfully explains how her sexuality is both distinct from and influences her definition of what a relationship looks like. That's thoughtful. That's Um, a tautology. Being someone who takes such pride in individuality and freedom and being a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community, she writes in a personal memo in Vanity Fair in February, I've been inspired by redefining again what a relationship um, is in this generation and what it looks like. Sexuality and gender identity are completely separate from partnership. No, they're not. Sexuality and gender identity are not completely separate from partnership. They're I, I think they should be, but How? they're not. Okay, so th- this is a problem we have in it, with our language, right? We define a person's sexual orientation based equally on the sexual orient, equally on the sex of the person who is attracted, as we do the person to whom they are attracted, right? Uh huh. So rather than having like. Feminine attracted people or masculine attracted people or omni attracted people, whatever terms we wish to characterize this, I am, depending on your perspective, either a straight male primarily or a trans lesbian, right? My label that people put on my sexual orientation, it changes based on my how they view you. Right. Right. And that's silly. In any event, I'm still primarily feminine attracted. But sexuality and gender identity are still not separate from partnership. So um, it doesn't matter how you label me. I'm not going to be happy in a relationship if that person doesn't have certain sexual parts. 
So it well, is. It depends not, on the type of relationship. As you were saying earlier, you have a business relationship. We've been with talking a male. about romantic relationships up here in this article. Well, see, the point she's what, if, making, if Miley Cyrus is making, is that romantic sexual relationships are not the end all be all of relationships. Well, it's just a different type of relationship. I have a strong relationship make. with my business partner, Ian Freeman. Right. Not a sexual one. And I don't care what he does in his spare time <laughs> and with whom he does it. I mean, I do care somewhat, but uh, not not a lot, apparently. Um, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard the stories and they're frightening. <laughs> She's added that her goal for... They can't be half as frightening as mine. Oh, I suspect not. <laughs> She added that her goal for uh, you're, you're on grinder. God knows the stories <laughs> just pile up. Uh, that her, her goal for 2019 Aria was uncensored to, was a lot of fun back when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> to live a carefree but not careless, a brilliant distinction that could serve. Brilliant, thoughtful, the terminology brave that been used in this article. A brilliant distinction that could not serve as a mantra for anyone in a marriage, straight or gay. The difference between carefree and careless, in a way, uh, represents the ideological division in the definition of freedom. What? Yeah, I, 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 can you run that word salad by me just, one more time? Yeah, I was, I was just saying, who ordered the word salad? Okay, this is the commentary from Marcy about the commentary from Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Okay. Yeah. She added that her goal for 2019 was to live carefree but not careless. A brilliant distinction that could serve as a mantra for anyone in a marriage, straight or gay. The difference between carefree and careless in a way represents the ideological division in the definition of freedom. Okay, so it's just what? a worse hello. We can't glean any meaning from that whatsoever. Well, uh, because carefree and careless, they, they mean entirely different things. They are literally defined differently. So obviously... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to add. They are different words. To be free is not to have the power to do anything you like, Simone Beauvoir. Um, it it literally is, though. Writes in <laughs> the like, Ethics of Ambiguity. It, it literally is, though. Indeed, Friedrich Nietzsche asserted that freedom is the will to be responsible for ourselves. I think that freedom must be coupled with responsibility. I don't think that it's the same thing. What did she say Nietzsche said again? Um... Freedom is the will to be to responsible, be responsible for, for ourselves. So I think you must be responsible in order to be free, at least in the long term. But in she's the short interpreting term, the way she's misinterpreting the way that Nietzsche was using will there. OK, I would have to say and we don't we, we don't have time to get into it. And I don't have the mental wherewithal to get into it. My brain is very tired today from a very long weekend. But uh, when Nietzsche spoke of the will to power and things like that, he was talking about uh, will in a philosophical sense, not like will power. Sure. So he was talking about will the exertion of desire, so to speak. All right. Well. So this kook is going to continue on 855-450. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Call in and talk about whatever you would like with you tonight. It's Aria. Michael. And Mark. And we've been talking about uh, Marcy Bianco, who has evidently um, confused herself a more, more than once, to be fair, about exactly what's happening in the world today. She has this image of the world in her head that, although it bears no resemblance whatsoever to the real world, is not going to stop her 
from writing silly articles at NBC about how heterosexuality is oppressive and, and the patriarchy and, and about stuff. how brilliant Miley Cyrus is. We, <laughs> we mustn't leave that out because she chose her words very carefully, it would seem, to heap undue praise upon Miley Cyrus. So let's get back into what this woman is saying because it's word salad aside, it's interesting. It's wrong. But it's interesting. Well, it's it's interesting to see what other people think about the world. And, um, you know, you, you get you caught in your own little echo chamber in life and you got to hear other people's thoughts. And this responsibility carries over from the self to society, which is why, according to Toni Morrison, the function of freedom is to free someone else, whatever the hell that means. For Audre Lorde, this definition of freedom is a social construct. I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. Okay, so um, libertarians define freedom as the ability to do what you want. That's how I would generally define it. And then they usually add the caveat, so long as you don't hurt somebody else. Sure. I don't think that's freedom, necessarily. The Freedom is the ability to do what you want. Well, you would have the people who would say something like, um, well, but you can't sprout rings, wings and fly, so you can't be free. Right. That I'd say that that would be the, the truth. You are not free to fly unless you can somehow create some device to fly, at which point you're uh, that free. But see, I disagree because I think what they're confusing for free will or freedom is omnipotence. No one ever said that, you know, we were omnipotent beings. Right. You know, which is why Nietzsche characterized it in the way that he did. Speaking of power and all that, you don't have the power to fly. That doesn't mean you are without power. Which gets us to the other definition of freedom that libertarians use once they've been attacked on this one. Um, so the, the the first one is intended to be simplistic, right? The second one is to be free from coercive forces, meaning those are beings, right? Like sure. the cognizant beings. So freedom can only be truly freedom from uh, you know other hu- human beings telling you what to do. Yeah, because you can strawman it all day. Well, you're not free because you're not free to just stop eating or to stop breathing or to stop drinking water right. or any of these other things. And again, it comes back to, well, we're not omnipotent. Right. There's two things uh, that, you know, there's, there's basically two forces in, uh, at play intending to, uh, you know, control you in life. And one of them is nature and the other one is human beings sure. and libertarianism deal and freedom ultimately deal with those human beings, like the the interactivity there. Now, you can say, for instance, I'm not free because I don't have enough money to avoid going to work tomorrow. Now, that really isn't freedom. That's you making a choice about how you want your lifestyle to be and the choices that you, you know, I mean, we all live in reality here. Certainly. Uh, Nobody's just... Well, some of us do. Marcy may not. (laughs) Marcy's working for a living, um, at the very (laughs) least. She's writing things on paper that somebody's paying her for or typing them on a computer. Anyway, um, there's this is a far cry from the type of freedom espoused by those on the right. For whom freedom, as I wrote in an earlier article on how misogyny is the driver of mass shootings in America. <laughs> Mas- oh, wait, what? <laughs> oh, God. We could have another two hours on that. Man shoots a man in Walmart parking lot. It's misogyny. Um, it's conflated with domination. In this context, freedom is actually possessed by a select few, as it is dependent upon the oppression rather than the liberation of disempowered people, particularly women and minorities. 
So there is no freedom because women and minorities are disempowered, is her premise here. That's what it sounds like. Or she's not free. I told you, this is a fun article. Just trying to figure out what this lady thinks. (laughs) Cyrus's and Huck's respective (laughs) declaration does more than raise visibility of the queer community at large. It is a powerful assertion of their bodily anatomy and control over their sexuality. It's a powerful assertion. As though there's a problem with being gay in America right now. Yeah, it's it's not really a it, it's a problem in some places. Some people yeah. some uh, Kentucky, people still have a problem with it. Arkansas, Mississippi, not the best places to, um, even and even in those places. Uh, being gay, you're probably okay. It, it's being trans that will get you killed in Texas and Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana. Yeah, get Alabama. out of there. Yeah. would be my short uh, definition of uh, you know that. My short explanation, my short bit, bit of advice is get out of those places if uh, you feel like you're in danger because of their, your you know the clothes you're wearing or whatever. You need to get out. But the, these things are being written from New York City uh, metro and from the L.A. metros, um, sure. and there's no problems going on there. No. from those th- these things. Now I can see that your family may be disappointed or whatever, and. You know that's annoying. Yeah, it's it it sucks, but you know they're they're entitled to their opinion. I right. guess. Mom's going to have another conversation with you about how she's not going to get grandchildren. Um, you know, I mean that's annoying, but it's not. That a question. would be a relatively innocuous version of your family being disappointed. Just oh, I'm not going to get grandkids. It's usually significantly worse. Like than how that. what? Oh, like oh. Then you're going to pray the gay away camps, or then you're going to live with your uncle in Minnesota. I see. You're talking about pre uh, post uh, eighteen. Um, you know the pre eighteen. Pre eighteen. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the um, there was this campaign called. Well, the, you have to get to eighteen. It gets better. Uh, there where, was. Yeah. You know, yeah. gay celebrities told gay teens that hey, just hang on until you're old enough to pay your own bills or whatever. Um, so yeah. It's tough, but it I don't does know what else to say about it. Yeah, yeah, it does get better. It doesn't. It's it's not easy. Then again, it's not like my mother allowed me to be a practicing heterosexual at her house. I can assure you. Yeah, no one. <laughs> I mean, in fact, in a I lot wasn't of ways, allowed to do that either. Right, that's not going to happen. <laughs> the kids who are secretly gay or secretly lesbians, they they have it easier in that regard. I've read stories about a a gay brother and a gay sister who would invite you know, their partners over for to spend the night and their parents being clever is like, okay, but you have to sleep in your brother's room or whatever. So they ended up sleeping <laughs> with their actual romantic partner because their parents didn't know they were gay. I suspect that is a, the m- most unlikely of circumstances. Sure. But uh, if you are secretly gay, it happens. It's not that hard to get away with. All right. <laughs> it's hard to be secretly gay. But if you have achieved that, it's also hard to have a secretly gay sister. Um, you know, you're gonna have a sibling that's the same age and things like that. You know. Yeah. Well, within a year or two apart. Yeah, sure. It's a trick. Yeah. Women's sexual liberation has always had a place in feminism. In the second act, Borovar explains that freedom is recognized in women's sexual activity, and that it is freedom not only that, and excuse me, that this freedom not only rests in self-possession but in self-accountability. So I don't even know what that paragraph was meant to uh, say in here, but okay. (laughs) Well, it sounds like she's about to make a pro-life argument because that would be accountability for women having sexual choices, would it not? 
What do you think about the whole thing? Give us a call, 855-450-3733. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is, the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, and it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria, Michael, and Mark. And we've been talking about Marcy, but before we get back into that, Mark, why don't you tell us about what you're holding in your hand there? I would recommend My Magic Mud even to Marcy. Uh, because I recommend lesbians my... don't deserve white teeth. <laughs> yes, they do. Not the crazy ones. Everybody deserves good oral health, and um, that's how you're going to get it. Is uh, my magic mud? Not only does it whiten teeth, but it also um, it keep it makes my teeth whiter than. I feel any other uh, oral care product. So I've used it for some time and it's been like uh, more than a half a decade and I won't live without it. I love it that much. It is, uh, it, I, I just have to have it. And if you want to check it out, it is black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. Now my magic mud has lots of products, but that is their core product. Try that first because I think that you'll love it. If you listen to one thing I say here on Free Talk Live, listen to this. My Magic Mud is an incredible choice as far as uh, oral care goes. You can get it at most, most major health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle. But if you go to MyMagicMud.com and use coupon code FTL20, you can save 20% off. It's MyMagicMud.com, coupon code FTL20. Very cool. Let's get right into the phones. We've got Joshua calling in from Josh from California. Sorry about that. Joshua, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's on your mind? Um, so you guys were talking about my, uh, misogynistic. Oh, uh, sorry. Misogyny and uh, how it was causing mass shooting. Uh, well, mass shooting. Marcy wrote, uh, evidently, uh, the author of the article that we've been discussing, also wrote an article about how mass shootings were ultimately caused by misogyny. Yes. Do you, do you think um, video games misogynistic, uh, sorry, I can't speak, misogynistic have anything to do with each other? Like, could they be linked? Do I think that misogyny i don't even know how to define misogyny is yeah. that woman hating um i if, think that's literally what it means yeah so if it if we're taking yeah. it for as women hating um i think people have biases based on genders sure and i think that video games are designed by people so i think that the people that d- design video games have biases on gender and they bring all their biases with them when they write the stories and put this, these things together i also think that uh, imaginary women with super large boobs sell more video games than imaginary women with flat chests i um, point there yeah 
I, I think video games as a whole cause mass, uh, cause mass shootings because of the intense amount of violence in them that are, that's being shown to young kids, like five-year-olds and up, that could really damage you. So what five-year-olds are, which, which video games are we talking, are we talking about all video games like Tetris? Wait, stuff like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, you know, okay. the violent ones, Call of Duty. How old are you? Tetris, um, I am 19. Have you played Grand Theft Auto? Yes, but I don't really play video games that much. I played it over a friend's house. It sounds like an anachronism to me. I mean, Grand Theft Auto, when was the last time they released one of these things? Ten years ago? No, it's like two. uh, GTA V was like, what, two years ago? Okay, okay. Well, it was not long ago. Uh, It was like ten years ago that GTA three and... The controversy surrounding Grand Theft Auto was ten years ago, at least. Sure. Um... Well, that was when it went 3D, and then there was San Andreas and the hot cop, hot coffee scene and all of that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly, so, so do you think that this um, uh, this playing of Grand Theft Auto that you did, uh, do you think it traumatized you? Um, I, I like I was I, I was old enough to understand what was right and wrong at the time. I'm talking about like four year old, five year old stuff like that. Kids, uh, parents who just put their kids in front of video games. I, I don't know if this happens, but all right, I'll take your word for it that parents put five-year-olds in front of Grand Theft Auto. To... Who's, the, who's the parent putting a five-year-old in front of an M-rated video game? So There, there has to be Very one. Bad. I'm sure there's one out there yeah. somewhere. It, but, but... It, happens, it happens more often than you think. I, I would not at all be surprised that it happens more often than we think. I, I would have been allowed to play rated M video games when I was a kid. I, I didn't because they didn't exist then. I, I played, you know, Mario. And yeah, they probably that weren't that interesting to you either. I had a. Uh, a kid, I didn't go around jumping on turtles. A, a kid came uh, to my house uh, at one point, and uh, you know his uh, his father and I were uh, hanging out, and he wanted to play my video game console, and I had a whole bunch of video games, many of them mature, um, like you know Grand Theft Auto kind of things, and he chose to play Crash Bandicoot because nice. that's what interested him at the time. Um, I I'm not going to be. I, I think you're right that it's probably more more kids than I am. Uh, it would, it would surprise me, but I'd say this is that although you can say that you know you could say most mass shooters have played violent video games, you can probably not say most people who played violent video games have become mass shooters. So these things are um, I, I would call them related. I'm not going to claim that media doesn't affect yeah, yeah. my, uh, you know, view of the world. When I get out my uh, English longsword and I swing it around, is usually during a movie with an English longsword. So, I would also say, however, that the kind of person who is a violence fetishist, fetishist to the extent they're they're actually willing to go out there and harm other people and kill other people is also the type of person that is going to be innately drawn to violent movies, violent video games, violent television shows. So it's not so much chicken and the egg. It's that, hey, there's this thing over here that's going to appeal to psychopaths, and the psychopaths find it and go after it. Another thing that I would point out is is that this uh, diatribe against media has been around for a long time. Before we had video games... There were comic books, and in the 50s, there were congressional hearings on whether or not the bright colors and lurid drawings of video games were turning kids into perverts and... uh, You mean comic comic books? books. Yes. Yeah. 
Did I say video games? I'm sorry. Comic books were turning kids into, uh, you know, killers and perverts. So, you know, this the same reasoning has been around a long time. I mean, now, so have psychopaths. Going those, all the way back to the dawn of human history, there have been murderers and rapists and serial killers. Yeah, Cain probably hit Abel in the head with a rock because of uh, video games. Um, you know, so... He beat him at Tess- Tekken. <laughs> yeah, I, that was it. I saw that on Facebook. Fatality. Um, God. There's this game called Cain and Lynch 2. Where you just go around murdering strictly women and nothing else. Okay. Made by THQ, and it's a terrifying game. Okay. Honestly, it's misogynistic as all hell. All right. What do you guys think about that? Do I think it exists? All right. Um, no, 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 no. It does exist. It's called Kane and Lynch too. Yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. It's- I played a video game not too long ago. I streamed it on Twitch in violation of their terms. Called Angry Goy Two. It's a game featuring uh, prominent white supremacists like Richard Spencer, uh, Chris Cantwell. And the goal of the game is to run around as a third-person shooter, top-down, sort of like Zombies Ate My Neighbors from the SNES era. The goal is to run around killing a bunch of leftists. That is not, it, not cool. Th- th- these do not sound interesting to me. They don't. No, sound it was like... a it was a horrible game. I right. made it like ten minutes, and I was like, "It's it's, it's not terrible, that it's I'm a sure. terrible message, it's, right? The, the game was designed is. so that you could talk about the game's premise, not so that the game would be good. Well, the game's premise was a bunch of white dudes running around killing other white dudes, that, and that's all you do in well, the whole game. And that brings me to my point about the you were talking about the the game where the guy goes around and kills a bunch of women. Most yeah, games where someone you, you can say it again if you'd like. What was it? Kane and Lynch 2. Okay. Kane and Lynch 2. Most games that I played where somebody kills somebody, and that's a human being that we're talking about, it's a guy killing a guy. Now, is that, what's the other term besides misogynistic? What's the, the opposite misandry. one? Misandry. Misandry. Is that misandristic? Um, but usually it's women and men. You know what I'm saying? This one was no, it's not. Well, I mean, Joshua, thank you so much for the call. Uh, there, there's so much to talk about. If we about. look at the gender of the things that have been killed, the polygons that have been killed in video games, that gender is going to be largely male. I would agree entirely. Yep. Um, having majority. played my fair share of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, and it all these other games. sounds like a bunch games. of people getting yeah. breathless over nothing. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Give us a call and talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Michael. And Mark. And we've been talking about Marcy uh, Bianco. 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 Something like uh, that. Th- this crazy lesbian who has decided that all of the world's problems are the fault of men. And She's por- pretty clear about it. And the only way that women can have freedom is by having sex with each other. Yes, that's pretty much I think that sums this up. <laughs> and this notion that an adult is responsible for their own sex life, how they have sex, who they have sex with, when, where, and why they have sex, portrays a sharp contrast in our culture. Where men seem to never have to take responsibility for their actions, women must always take responsibility for not only their own actions, but the actions of men. Okay, well, 
She sounds a little angry. She's, she's also demonstrably wrong. Uh, men can become on the hook for child support, whether they are actually the father of that child or not. Well, now you're just talking about sex. But she's just saying generally She's talking actions. about, she's talking, okay, sure. But she's talking about, you know, the consequences of yeah. sexual liberation. How come I have whatever. to take a pill? How come he doesn't have to take a pill? Well, the man is going to be on the hook for child support if he gets a woman pregnant, whether he likes or not. Even if he wants her to have an abortion, it doesn't matter. He's still going to be on the hook for child support. And in a lot of cases, if he's not even the father, it won't matter. And DNA tests won't keep him from having to pay child support. There are countless cases of this. Meanwhile, the woman can indeed have an abortion. And just go, no, I don't want to be responsible for this, so I'm not going to be. And look, I'm pro-choice. I'm not saying people who have abortions are irresponsible. But if they want to be irresponsible, that mechanism is there. It is not there for men. I am against irresponsible people uh, having children. I'll go that far. Absconding from responsibility is the quintessential strategy of the patriarchy. It's how men stay in control and never lose their power. How much control do you have, Michael? Uh... Over what? I don't know. That's the thing is I don't have much con- I, this control of which she speaks. Yeah, I, yeah. I, what do I control? I maybe my life, my own life. Yeah, I don't the best I can. Anyone else. Let's get back into the phones here. We've got Cameron calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Cameron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Uh, so my older brother grew up with Tourette's, and when we were kids, I remember I asked him how he managed to stay so positive, and his response really stuck with me. He said. Uh, Fuck shit, pussy cunt, dick cock. I hit drop, nothing happened. LRN.FM. Correct. Thanks. I always forget that one. Yeah. Because that's that's the LRN one, right? Yeah. I could see that one coming, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, with Tourette's. I was going to ask you what kind of Tourette's because it's not all foul language. In fact, the vast majority of it is. Yeah, but the funniest one is foul language. Sure, but that's also like the one that only came up in a movie and never actually happens in real life. No, there's not. It, it happens. I mean, sure. Maybe in like 0.001%. Right. You're much more likely cases. to have, say, lycanthropy or uh, what's this? The mimic. Lycanthropy? Like, like, lycanthropy? Yeah. Lycanthropy? Is that how you want to pronounce it? That's where you turn into a werewolf. No. Well, that would be what Hollywood calls it. Yes. But this is just where you bark like a dog. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know somebody who clucks like a chicken. There. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty clearly Tourette's, you know? I um, This person is brain damaged as well. So. I. I. I was I was a roommate of a guy who uh, would have to mimic any mechanical noise he heard. So you know the uh, water heater comes on and goes. He'd have to go. Um, the, Interesting. The microphone goes ding. He goes ding. <laughs> kind of, you know, yeah. Fascinating. But news for the people out there: we do have what is called a dump button. Yes. Which means that you know we can. Let me explain a dump button to you people who aren't that familiar with radio. Absolutely. A dump button is us traveling in time. We, the show is done live, and then seven seconds later, it is broadcast out over the various ways that it's heard. And that seven seconds, we have control of. So if we have a dump button, we push it one time, it goes back three and a half seconds. If we push it two times, it goes back seven seconds. So if you get on the radio and you... Uh, tell a joke about Tourette's. See, I didn't know that. And what it sounds like is that I may need to hit the dump button twice. Okay. Because uh, we're reporting that some of that got on the air. Okay. Well, that's uh, that that falls under the FCC's uh, fleeting expletive rule. 
So, you know, it's not like you or I said it. It yeah. was uh, somebody who was, you know, that the, the guy in control, the uh, the panel didn't understand what to do. So, um, you know, as the case may be. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Interesting. So I didn't know that about hitting it twice. Yeah, that's hitting good it enough. twice. Yeah, hitting it once will uh, go get half of it, and hitting it twice uh, will get uh, seven seconds. So anyway. Well, no, I know that. People trying to call. <laughs> Oh, oh! they're talking about the video feed anyway. Oh, the video feed, it always gets on. Yeah, we can't do anything about that. Yeah, I can't uh, take the... I don't want to spend the money to get whatever the equivalent of a dump button is for the video feed. Yeah. The video feed goes out live. So, um, yes, <laughs> if you call in from Twitch, you can get your cussing in on Twitch, which isn't hard. Twitch doesn't have any rules against cussing. So, you know, it's not like we're violating anything Anyway, so no, there's no FCC on Twitch. As long as you know we're protecting our radio stations' uh, licenses, then it doesn't particularly matter. I mean, I've heard all the dirty words that uh, any uh, person's going to call in with. Yeah, for sure. Absconding from responsibility is the quintessential strategy of the patriarchy. It's how men stay in control and never lose their power. Absconding as- from what? Responsibility. Uh, responsibility. Okay. As Lord wrote in Sister Outsider, the cost for those of us who not only have to carry the responsibility of others, but to educate them, too, is our own liberation, agency, and self-creation. The oppressors maintain their position and evade their responsibility for their own actions. There's a constant drain of energy, which must be better used in redefining ourselves and div- divesting... Uh, yeah, devising realistic scenarios for altering the present and constructing the future. So basically, word salad. Men aren't responsible for themselves. Women can be responsible by getting irresponsible people out of their lives. And don't forget, men aren't respons- are irresponsible. And men are in power because they're irresponsible. That's right. They maintain their power through irresponsibility. While men stay in their stew in their mess, women are rising. They're taking back control of their lives and their bodies, and they are questioning the foundation of the patriarchy, heterosexuality, that is keeping them blindly subordinate for centuries. These women ruled by their sexual desires for men for centuries. Yeah. When you when you want to go and change this lady is no different than the pray the gay the way uh, lunatics. That, uh, I would agree entirely, yeah, having yeah. dealt with plenty of the Pray the Gay Away lunatics. Didn't you get sent to one of those things? Three years in a row. Three years in a row to gay camp. And she's absolutely just as bad as they are. Yeah. A feminist critique of compulsory heterosexual orientation for women. Hold on, what? What? A feminist critique of compulsory heterosexual orientation for women. Wait, w- nobody's forcing women to have a sexual orientation? She says they are. And a and heterosexual one at that. Um, Adrian Rich wrote in her 1980 feminist classic compulsory heterosexuality and the lesbian experience. It looks like this critique has finally arrived in the mainstream and Marcy Bianco is happy about it. She's a writer and editor living in California. She's a columnist at the women's media center and her writing can be found both online and in print and outlets like NBC think uh, Pacific standard quartz, Rolling Stone, salon, vanity fair and Vox. A lot of, I noticed that uh, left leaning, uh, Publications. Rothbardian stuff is in here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you expect there to be? No, I didn't for a second. I uh, wouldn't either, but if she wants to quote Nietzsche, she should probably also read some Rand and Rothbard. It certainly wouldn't hurt. 
their uh, sort of predecessor, or uh, not predecessors, uh, successors, success- successors, yeah, absolutely to uh, this, this idea. Yeah, I know Nietzsche's well liked by the libertarians. I can't say I've picked up a, a you know, a man, a man and superego or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, but well, it it, it would depend. Uh, you're probably referring to uh, thus spake Zarathustra, okay, which is probably his m- least understood book i mean he wrote beyond good and evil to explain that and then he wrote an additional book to explain beyond good and evil and then because even academics kept ex- uh, coming up to him saying we don't understand what you're trying to say he wrote yet another book to explain that book sounds like he's a bad writer he, he was a terrible writer brilliant philosopher but it is so hard to understand anything he writes if you can't communicate what your philosophy is well it was written initially in german uh-huh. right back in the 19th century was the yes. German understandable, though? I, I don't know. I, I wasn't a German living in the 19th century, so I can't answer that. I'm just wondering if you can truly be brilliant. Like, you could think you're brilliant. Lots of people think they're brilliant. Um, but, you know, if you can't communicate that brilliance, then are you brilliant? I don't know. Well, he communicated it, just not very well. Okay. And I guess I, I have some tolerance for that. If you want to communicate a really complex idea, it might take a really complex sentence. Or maybe your idea just, just suck like Marcy Bianco's here. Yeah, that's true. Hers are awful. There's more. I'm crazy about My Magic Mud. This is the most important oral care product created this millennium, and I'm not kidding. We all have different opinions on politics and issues, but we all have mouths. And I want yours to be as clean as possible, with teeth as bright as they were meant to be. I will never be without My Magic Mud. It's a little surprising, but man, does it work. If you only listen to one thing I say ever, go to MyMagicMud.com and get 20% off with code FTL. MyMagicMud.com, code FTL. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Michael. And Mark. And it's time to move on. Uh, I got a little video here that I would like to play from uh, uh, the chosen one himself, evidently. It's, It's President Trump at first talking about the trade war, and then, well, you you've got to hear it for yourself. This isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago by a lot of other presidents. Over the last five or six years, China's made $500 billion. $500 billion. Ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft. Add that to it. And add a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me. Somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I- that's he is the chosen one. That, I it, love that. And you, you have to watch the video to really get a grasp a grasp of what he's doing here. He is holding his arms up, turning, looking at the sky. Yeah, he lifted his arms aloft and, and proclaiming, <laughs> "I am the God chosen has appointed one. him as the chosen one." Look, um. Okay, uh, I have a couple of things to say. First, I want to um, at some point I want to critique uh, what he had to say about China ripping five hundred billion dollars out of the United States. Uh, but uh, more importantly, I would say 
the fact that Trump lifts his arms to the sky and declares himself the chosen one is the most honest thing I've seen a president do in a long time. I mean, you got to think about the kind of sociopathy, the kind of hubris that it takes to get yourself through the incredibly arduous process that is the United States presidential electoral process. It is sure. months of marathon campaigning and the person who's the best at it is obviously not going to be a person who's the best at ruling a nation. So Certainly not. Um, I mean, you know, all of these people, Barack Obama, George Bush Jr., Bill Clinton, George Bush Sr., Ronald Reagan, they all believed the same thing, that they were God's chosen one, if they believe in God. And well, see— I'm from a different religious background, I'm assuming, than you are as well. I'm from the fire and brimstone Southern Baptist background, right? So when I hear him talk about this, uh, all I hear is what I was raised from very early childhood to believe. This is the Antichrist right here in the flesh. Okay. Of course, I'm not religious today, but all of that, all of that brainwashing is obviously still in the back of my mind and it's always going to be. I've written a short story about it called Dead or Alive that's really awesome. You, should, you can find it on Amazon. People should check that out. It's great. It's about exactly that kind of programming staying in your head whether you like it or not. But when I hear this, I see a president here proclaiming himself to be the chosen one from God, right? That has to be setting off the alarm bells for the evangelical Christians, but it Probably isn't. Is it? No, the, the evangelical are, Christians the think he's hanging the up second the freaking, coming. Yeah, they're the ones hanging up the freaking billboards proclaiming him to be sent here by God. They are enabling the Antichrist according to their own theology. Yeah, it's a whole lot more likely he was sent here by Satan. Well, um, well, he certainly wasn't sent here by a benevolent force within the universe. All I would say is is that um, I think that uh, that in fact all that stuff about the Antichrist and that kind of thing is misguided. So I would agree. Pointing out <laughs> that somebody you know fits some criteria of it is perhaps uh, you know it, it it might be a good idea to you know have people look at their own religion and these kind of things. You know, look. But what I would say is is that I'm more of a preterist when it comes to these things, that all the things that the Bible was talking about as far as predictions were really all happened in the first century. Certainly. And I mean, yeah, the, the, the book of Antichrist, Revelation was about Rome. Yeah. The, the, the Antichrist existed at the time or came shortly after or whatever uh, with the writing of, was it Paul on the island? I can't remember who wrote Revelation. It was John. Yeah, John. Okay. Um, whoever was on that island taking mushrooms and writing that stuff. Um, and that, that all that stuff's wrapped up. And if you, you know, whatever your relationship with God is today, it doesn't have much to do with predictions in Revelations. If those predictions and Revelations were anything but just a critique of uh, modern Roman society, uh, politics at the time, which would be my guess. That is what they seem to be. So. But, I mean, that's not how the evangelical Christians no. of today interpret nope, they don't. it. No, they I mean, don't. They, they fully expect, you know, the rapture, which, the, which yep. they derive from one verse in Daniel and one verse in, I think it's Mark, that talks about two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. And they, they've somehow taken this and derived from it this belief that all the Christians are going to be, are going to float away into heaven before 
the before Armageddon. It's amazing what they will extract that clearly isn't there. Well, um, never mind how much of their theology actually comes from, you know, Dante's Inferno and Milton's Paradise. Sure. Paradise Lost. There's no doubt. The yeah, they extract a lot from that. And I I have read some of these books, uh, the the, um, cast cost away or something. I can't remember Um, some some series of books that had to do with, uh, you know, people being left behind, left behind. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, I was essentially forced to read those as a teenager. Mm -hmm. They they were uh, it wasn't bad writing, but it was it's fantasy. Yeah. it was, but you know, if that is the worldview to which you subscribe, how could they not look at Donald Trump and see the Antichrist? So, what do you see besides him declaring himself to be the chosen one? Uh, what else makes him the Antichrist? Aren't there a whole criteria of things? I mean, I haven't, I didn't look up what makes the Antichrist the Antichrist before we got on the air here tonight, and maybe you didn't either. Well, it's but... essentially, um, you know, claiming to be the new Christ. Okay, is what makes one the Antichrist uh, to, to the reform savior. the church, but. Under inverted principles, under hubris rather than humility, under power rather than, you know, the meat. All right. Well, evangelicals convinced. have been doing that for years. I've been getting I'm getting convinced. All right. And that's essentially what Donald Trump, you know, does. But it's what all rulers do, to be fair, which is why but, I would say, yeah, Trump isn't the Antichrist. The Antichrist was always going to be someone who would be indistinguishable from an American president. Well, as so you were saying, they the evangelicals all really got behind George W. Bush, but he was a born again Christian. Well, he is a born again. So Christian. is Trump. If you listen to what he says, he talks about eating the little cracker or whatever. Yeah. Well, Trump really doesn't even understand uh, the Bible. He's pretty. He's pretty I, I've decided that he is pretty stupid. I don't know if he's stupid or not. I but... think he must be. He wants to nuke hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, asking what would happen if we nuked a hurricane is not a stupid question. It's just a question. It Okay, you're correct. <laughs> it's not necessarily a stupid question. But when you're the president of the United States, you, you should, should ask already that. know the answer right. to that. You should be able to call somebody from NOAA. And say, hey, I was wondering. Yeah. You know, I was doing shrooms last night. No. And it occurred to me that that might have interesting results. What would be the results if we did that? Because, I mean, sure, random questions like that drive science forward. I mean, if we can ask what would happen if we grew an ear on a rat's back, we can ask what will happen if we drop a nuke in a hurricane. (laughs) Yes, somebody's asked that. I'm sure I've asked that question prior to uh, Trump doing it. So maybe that's why I want to defend him a little bit. But we don't have the power to drop a nuke into a hurricane. We don't? We don't. I don't. Oh, oh, you and I? Oh, yes. Yeah, none I of us see. do. I, I see. I <laughs> thought you were saying we as like the human race, because I can I'm pretty sure Trump, if he could get uh you know, a handful of people to think it was a good idea, could definitely get one of them to fly a plane with a yeah, you know, <laughs> like, you know, a little fat boy kind of bomb that you could just drop out of it and I wonder if an atomic weapon versus a nuclear weapon, so less fissible material or whatever it is, um, would be better. I don't know. I mean Nagasaki and Hiroshima exist. They, they certainly do. So, uh, I don't know. It's not like it would destroy the ocean or no, anything. No, it's not going to destroy the ocean. But the radioactive, the radioactivity leaking. But I'm talking about atomic as opposed to nuclear. Well, there would still be a lot Some, of radio. I'm not sure there is a difference anyway. It's but like there one be, is the other, but the other isn't the one. Something, something yeah. like that. But it, it, it would be ill-advised at the very least. But Trump is Trump. 855-450.
This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria, Michael, and Mark. And we've been talking about uh, the chosen one, God King himself, (laughs) Donald Trump, who has decided that, you know, maybe the best way to get rid of hurricanes is to nuke them. Believe it or not. I, and, and, look, what was Barack Obama doing about the uh, the hurricanes? That's what I want to know. I mean, well, he was at least Donald not, Trump's trying to come up with a plan here. He was certainly not nuking them. That much <laughs> is true. Well, see, there he is, sits in his hands in Washington, D.C., while we down in Florida are wading around up to our butts in, in in swamp water he was also not going standing in front of the white house lawn saying things like this is the wettest one we've ever seen from the standpoint of the water which donald trump <laughs> said and it's still one of the dumbest things i've ever heard anyone say about anything in the history of ever well if there was more water in that one then wouldn't it be the wettest from I don't that think that, I don't think the wet quality is about how much water there is, but sure. more about the pH levels of said water. No, no. More uh, yeah, water yeah, is yes, wetter yes. than less water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I put an eyedropper worth of water on you versus t- putting a, a bucket worth of water on you, you will be wetter from the standpoint of the water. <laughs> yeah, but one... At, at a certain point, I mean, just oh more water just doesn't make you any I want to step down and say... Thank you, Jesus, for Donald Trump. I just thank you, Jesus, for this guy. He's so awesome. Let's go to the phones. We got Jerry calling up from Iowa. Jerry, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Um, am I here? Yes. On. What's on your mind? What's on my mind is about the uh, albums, the uh, Combine Shooters that I uh, listened to. I believe the name was, I forgot the name. But uh, they listened to this band called KMFBM. You know, I know KMFDM. KMFDM sucks. I'm glad you get that. But uh, yeah, I think KMFDM causes shootings. I mean, the guys <laughs> in the fucking school in the cafeteria, and they're like, "I'm godlike." They were influenced by the music and um, and also video games. Doom was a big part of uh, one of the shooters' lives. What was the name? Yeah, like Diamond Cleveland and Eric. I'm not the same color. Who am I? I don't know. That, that, that's the video game Doom, right? Uh, they both. Well, it's like we said earlier. If somebody is attracted to violence in in a manner that they're willing to but go, video in, games, you know, cause the attraction. They, video games don't cause the attraction. Okay. Do you blame yes, women for being raped? Yes, because they don't know how to control themselves. Get away from. Lrn. Fm. Dump button. Again, we have dump buttons. The sad thing is, I don't think he really meant to. He just got a bit animated. I don't think he believes anything he says, honestly. Um, It's so hard to tell with people because there are so many stupid people out there. I'm going to go ahead and address the idea of violence as uh, in our society as it relates to video games and perhaps some movies that glorify violence or whatever. Um, does is it is there no relationship? I would not say there's no relationship, uh, but however, I would say that you can't make a very good case. Before we had uh, violent video games, we had violent lunatics doing violent lunatic stuff, and sure. I don't even know that you could make the case that there's more of it going on. Violent crime has gone down 
in my lifetime, significantly, globally. And so you would think with the proliferation of video games, presumably the proliferation of violent video games also, that it would go up if there's a causative relationship involved. That yeah. said, when I uh, you know, would watch Incredible Hulk, I'd jump around in my tidy whities at nine years old or whatever and go, and my friends and I would wrestle and you know, do those kinds of things. So I do think that you know, watching a Bruce Lee movie makes uh, you know, people do bad uh, kung fu. You know, I've watched violent video. I've, I've watched violent movies. I've played violent video games. I've even listened to KMFDM. None of those have ever made me want to. None of those have ever made me angry enough or, or influenced me to be violent. Well, what let's is, get back to the phones. What has is police dash cam videos. Well, Excellent point, Michael. We've got John calling from California. He wants to talk about video games since that's on topic. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello. Um, so what you guys were talking about earlier really, like, interested me. So I thought video games are really violent. I think they should be banned. I, I think video games show a lot of violence in people. You're, you're watching the show on Twitch, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that that's primarily a gaming streaming platform. Yeah, but not all games are bad. Like, okay. Hmm. How many Super are? Mario is. What? How many are? I, I'm not exactly sure how many. As a percentage? Can you give me a rough number? Uh, Just stick to the probably tens. Probably like 70%. 17%. 17% of video games are bad. That's one seven? No, 70. 70. 70% seven, of video seven, games seven. are bad. But yeah, you're okay yeah, with yeah, games yeah, like yeah. Mario and I presumably like Mario Kart? You know, kid-friendly yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of games? What about Super Smash Brothers? I think that is a racist game. Racist? I've never heard it characterized yeah. as racist before. Why you do you say have to that? go a little further with your thesis. Because there is no black people in the game. Okay. And I can't say you're wrong. If people say there's a, if people say there's a black person, it's a racist joke because there is a monkey in there. Interesting. I've never heard anyone say that. Except I've, for this guy. I've never played that game, so I, I don't. Know. I don't even know what Super Smash Brothers is, but you know. Well, it's a mashup game of all of the Nintendo characters and popular video game characters in a fighting game together, fighting against so each other. So are we it's... talking about Sonic being white? Well, Sonic is blue, Mark. Is right. White? I don't think he is. I think he's blue. He is literally blue, yes. Okay. Well, how can a video game be racist if it has a blue guy in it? Well, he he's right. There are no black gaming characters spotlighted in Super Smash Brothers. He's, that doesn't make he's it racist. Right. Well, it's it's largely because, you know, the overall trend in video games is that you're, you're not going to find any popular black protagonists in other video games. But that's its own separate problem from the Super Smash Brothers series itself. All right. Well, anyway, John, thank you so much for the call. It's an interesting discussion, no less. And clearly a lot of people are vested in the subject of how video games influence people more more potently because they are products of the same society that they then go on to influence. You know, I think that's where people, you know, start to get into the real problems with video games and movies and all that. Like you're not going to see a lot of LGBT people in nineties movies, right? Right. But what were 90 movies 
keeping LGBT people down? Well, no, they were products of the society. And as LGBT people came, became more and more accepted, you started seeing them more and more in movies. Right. Well, Back Mountain, I mean, that was that was the 90s LGBT movie. Was that 90s? Yes. No, that was like 2004, 2005. I'm, which one was the one from the 90s? Then? I, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm, Matthew Broderick is in Torch Song Trilogy back in the 80s. I'm I don't gonna, know what that is, Mark. Well, you're going to have to go watch it. 855-450-3733. What do you think about video? You're not a wild animal, and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Godard bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water-resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godardbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godardbags.com forward slash FTL. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Give us a call and talk about whatever is on your mind. That number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria, Michael, and Mark. And although we've been talk- we've been talking about Donald Trump, who, after tweeting someone who called him King of Israel and the Chosen One, then went on to stand in front of, I, I don't even remember where they were because I wasn't paying that much attention to the video, but he was talking to a to a reporter about various things, about the trade war with China. And he turns, raises his hands up to the sky and proclaims, I am the chosen one. Which is right in the middle of this, this, this middle of a sentence, pretty much. Yeah, if you don't see it, it's hard to believe that it actually happened. It's like, no, wait, there is no way he did this. But he did. And it's on YouTube. When and, we know it's Neo. And we've got Joe calling in from Grants Rapid, Michigan. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I think Trump was just being hyperbolic. You know, he's, he's the one who he probably thinks this trade... You know, thing going on with China, it's on his shoulders because Bush and Obama just kind of sat and waited out there eight years, you know. But, um, I mean, I don't, as far as the, I don't think he's religious at all. I mean, I, you know, I can't read his mind, but from just based on his lifestyle from, you know, forever. Seems pretty um, clear. Yeah. I'd agree with you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, think he's the evangelicals and stuff. I don't think the evangelicals are as, uh, you know, the pro the abortion issue is a big deal for them. But yep. I think uh, when you put somebody like Hillary Clinton up there, man, you know, I think people are come out of the woodwork to vote against her. Yep. yep. I think that's one reason he got elected is because people cannot stand Hillary Clinton. Yep. Sure. And, um, yeah. But what about when the Democrats run like Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, one of the other three preordained establishment Democrats that the DNC is, you know, throwing the economy is pretty good right now. So Trump's going to get a certain level of credit for that. Um, you know, so I think the if they keep talking about socialism, they're going to lose. And they got to you know, as long as the Democrats, I know they're in the primary 
season and all that, and they got to they got to appeal to their fringe. But, um, you know, them being on like Warren's on Twitter all the time, you know, Biden's all his gas. I think if they wanted to beat Trump, they would have put the um, I can't think of his name, the guy from Starbucks. Up. Oh but, yeah, um, I can't remember his name now either. I think Tulsi Gabbard right now, but... would do well against Trump. I would agree, but she's still a socialist. Yeah, and she's not going to win the DNC nomination. No, they, at the they first have place. it out for her because she's too too much against the military industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, they don't want her. Which is the only reason I would like to see her, you know, win the Democratic nomination. Uh, I wouldn't want either one of them. Had, I wish we had viable parties like other countries. You know, they have three or four parties, but yeah. libertarians can get their act together. And, yep. Yeah, I mean. Right now, a conservative can't uh, run because Trump's taken the space. Effectively, and there, if there is anything the yeah. Libertarian Party loves, it's washed up Republicans. <laughs> oh. no, no. Like well, making a cor- corpse dance. Joe, thank you so much for the call. Always nice to hear from our listeners. Uh, I would love for the Libertarian Party to run an actual Libertarian. Yeah, hasn't happened in quite a while. And they're not going to. Of course, Bill Weld is currently running against Donald Donald Trump for the GOP nomination. Of course, Trump is going to win that. Bill Weld is just trying to position himself to pull some of the Republican voters to the Libertarian Party when he inevitably loses to Donald Trump. And there's still plenty of those never Trumpers to go around. Bill Weld sucks. I hate him and I don't want him anywhere near an elected position especially one that has the Libertarian Party banner attached to it. You think the Libertarians are going to go for Weld going from Republican to Libertarian? Yes. And then back to Republican and then back to Libertarian? A former co-host on this show who refused to join the Keene Republican Party because she doesn't like how they treat you know, her LGBT loved ones or whatever is still in full endorsement mode for Bill Weld. They don't yes. care whether he's a Republican, they don't care at all. They just love the idea that he's going to come back to the Libertarian Party with all of his support and all of his dirty, filthy, skimming, lying, treacherous Republican money and take over the Libertarian Party for them again. Let's get back to the phones. We've got Daryl calling from Los Angeles. Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, what's on your mind? Hello? Um, What do you guys think about Satanism? Satanism. I am a Satanist. Satanist. Oh, God. You are a Satanist. I am indeed. All right. um, What are you? So I I assume you uh, don't believe in actual Satan, but like the uh, beliefs and stuff they have? Uh, I am of the Levian Satanism. Do they have beliefs? Uh, Aren't these just Um, trolling atheists, seriously? Uh, No. uh, They're. There is a, I mean, look, if you interpret the the story of Genesis in the way that Christians intended or the way that it's actually written, if you start from the hypothesis that it's true, then I don't, I don't either. <laughs> but Lucifer is the good guy in the story. He's he's Prometheus. He's the guy who brought us to reason and science and learning. And God was the one who create wanted to create these robots who were just going to obey him unquestionably without the ability to think for themselves. You know, this was wrong because God said so. Lucifer came along and said, no, that's wrong. If you eat this fruit, you will know why it's wrong. Well, there you go. And that's what uh, LaVeyan Satanism sort of stems from. Yeah. yeah. Is the idea um, that Yahweh, as written within the Bible, is clearly the devil. And Lucifer is clearly the God of good. And it makes sense. If you were a God of a universe and you were an evil God, 
what would be the first thing you would really want to do? It wouldn't be convince people that you didn't exist. No, it would be to convince all of the people out there that you were the good one and the other one was the evil one. And that's exactly what we find within the Bible. I don't believe um, any of it is true. Um, so you guys know what SoundCloud is? Yes. It is a music um, streaming I, and uploading service. Yeah, the music streaming service? Yeah. Um, I found this uh, new guy. Um, his name's Rock P. LRN.FM. I, 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 I would assume he's neither. <laughs> but, I would uh, assume he doesn't exist. Yeah. Dump button, go. people. We have one. Yep, we do have one. He was certainly not from Los Angeles with that kind of accent, though. And I that's don't... why my finger stayed on the drop button the entire time. Yeah, Los <laughs> Angeles, Alabama. What you think about Satan? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any of them Satanists up there? <laughs> Not there in New Hampshire? So, uh, Donald Trump, probably what I would call Satan, but that would be true of Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Weld, Hillary Clinton, Timothy McVeigh. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just... The, I, I don't want to propagate the notion that there's this bad this guy, this being that's running around making people do bad stuff. People do bad stuff because people do bad stuff, and they're responsible for every bad action they take. Satan See, I didn't see make it them as do an it. allegory of humanity and the human condition is that we all have this darkness within us, as represented by the you know the mythological figure of Satan, and we all have this goodness within us, represented by the mythological figure you know Jesus or I understand Yahweh or whatever. From the storytelling standpoint, uh, the allegorical value of personifying evil or whatever, but we're I mean, human beings have evil within them and choose to act on it all the time. I, I think that personifying it is negative, yeah, you know, giving it its own volition or whatever is negative because it allows people to separate themselves in some ways from their bad actions. I've had plenty of bad actions in my life. I've t- tried to take responsibility for them every single time I do them. You're not wrong. And I remember one born again Christian that I interacted with a number of years ago in Mississippi who was like, oh, I made so many bad decisions, but I'm taking responsibility. The devil was just influencing me and I found Jesus now and the devil can no longer wield his evilness over me or whatever. I don't remember exactly how she phrased it. Rambling nonsense. at the exact same time that she was saying, I took responsibility, she's pointing the finger at this third party and saying, no, it's that person's fault. Well, that's not taking personal responsibility, sunshine. That's blaming somebody else. 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Michael, and Mark. And uh, we got we got calls stacked up, but Mark, we have to address the awesome amplifiers. Person. In hopes of creating more amplifiers, we we thank them. Bill Barry, thank you for amplifying Free Talk Live. Is uh, Bill Barry is a silver amplifier, and you can be an amplifier too if you like the idea that. A show on 200 radio stations will take your call about anything, supports free speech, well, as free as we can make it, <laughs> then you ought to support the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. Really, Free Talk Live is a unique program. There's really nothing like it out there on the radio. And 
you know, if you want the cookie cutter stuff that the big corporations give you, by all means, support them. But if Don't you want support them, if you want something a little different that allows free speech, go to amp.freetalklive.com for five dollars a month, and you know that's the cost of some one of those fancy coffee drinks at the uh, chain coffee store. Give up one of those per month. Give it to us. We can make it go farther. Amp.freetalklive.com. Let's get right back into the phones. We've got Phil calling in from uh, Butte, Montana. Phil, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I'm talking to you from the town of Butte, Montana, but we actually have an Elizabeth Warren Avenue. It's a main street. Is it the same Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, I would assume so. How many Elizabeth Warrens can there be? I wouldn't think that Four she would or have five. been... five. Uh, like, she's from Massachusetts, isn't she? I mean, I wouldn't have thought that, that she had that sort of psychological penetration to uh, make it all the way out there to Butte. Well, maybe maybe she's by, from Massachusetts the same way that the Bushes are. The same way that what? The Bushes are. Oh, the, the Bushes, bushes are. are. The bush, bushes yeah, are from the Bushes are right? claim to be Texans, and they're, from, they're, they're all New Englanders. They're a bunch yeah. of Yankees. Yes, that's true. But... Uh, Anyway, to get back to uh, why I originally said I'd call, atomic and nuclear are, are uh, synonyms. Are they completely the same? The same? No, they're exactly the same. Okay. They're both fission bombs. Yeah. Now then, you get, into, you get into a thermonuclear, you're getting into a fission-fusion-fission bomb. Okay. And that's a whole different animal. And if you dropped one of those into a hurricane, yeah, there would be no sign of the hurricane at all. Uh, if you were trying to control a hurricane, what you need to do is disrupt it. And the best thing to do, if he, if he really wanted to do that, you need to drop a little, one of those little Davy Crockett in the middle of one of them, because that's just a one kiloton fission bomb is all it is. Uh, okay. Those are the things. Those are the things that we have thousands of pointed uh, at uh, at Russia and every everybody else over there. They're called tactical news. Yeah. What do we got them for anyway? Um, so uh, we have we we have them because we want it, we will we want our our goal ultimately is to have hegemony over the entire world. You were talking you were talking about uh, uh, antichrist and such things. My personal view is that Trump, Pompeo, and Bolton are a holy trinity of their own kind, and and basically they they uh they worship Doctor Strangelove. That is bizarre. Now, now, we've talked about Dr. Strangelove. I don't remember now exactly what that was. something about building the bomb. No, Dr. Strangelove yeah, was a movie you, you from got, like you, the... You gotta love... Yeah, you, you understand you, Kubrick. Yeah, so re- refresh my memory for me, because I know that we talked about this like last week sometime, but I don't remember the exact well, details of it. Uh, uh, I've never seen the movie, but my basic understanding is that Dr. Strangelove felt the same way about Russia that uh, most of our modern politicians do. They know it, it, it's the devil and we have to destroy them or we're never going to, or we're never going to be able to have a free world. Interesting. Which is, which is completely insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, the bottom, but the bottom line is, I mean, uh, Putin, uh, I have more respect for Putin and, his, and the majority of Russians because they're actually Christians. Um, as compared to not the majority of Americans anymore, uh, are what's the distinction? And, huh? What's the distinction between their well Christianity and Americans? Uh, well, they they are 
basically Greek Orthodox. Uh-huh. They just converted it Russian over to Russian yeah. Orthodox. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same basic thing. Same basic thing. Orthodox. But the bottom line is, is that they know, Putin knows, knows full well that there is no way that they can muster the economic uh, capability to beat us in a war, and they're not really interested in beating us in a war anyway. Uh, his basically, his false, with, with the Pentagon for years, has been taught, making this mainstream comment about the fact that they're going to have a first strike attack against Russia as soon as we can beat them. Well, we can beat them easy, but the problem is, is, is that that's because Russia doesn't have any countermeasures like we do. What Russia has is a doomsday attitude that basically, if you attack us, basically you attacking us will trigger our reverse attack on you, and our reverse attack on you will plant uh, nuclear-powered nuclear warheads underneath your major coastal cities and turn them into piles of rubble. Yeah. Well, Phil, and thank it, you so much for the call. We we have to move on. We still got people sitting on the lines waiting to get in. Uh, yeah, mutually assured destruction. Uh, that that's generally still the United States attitude. Yeah, it's it's still a policy, and it's I I, I believe it was it is still how we how the United States would react if you know China or Russia were to attack the United States. I don't suspect you'll see that, but all right. I yeah, don't either. If, if a nuke flies, you can be sure that that nukes are going to fly. The other direction. Let's get back into it. Gilbert from Kansas. Gilbert, you are on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello, my name is Gilbert. I wanted to talk about how Antifa is really bad. All right. Well, um, that sounds like a call that would be best for another night. Um, but thanks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Mike calling from Gold Bar, Washington. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you. I'll try to make it quick. Thursday, I called you guys, and I think some of you were off doing other things maybe when I talked, but um, I had announced how my uh, county, Grace Harbor County of Washington State, that's where Kurt Cobain came from, um, uh, they extended the needle exchange program, but I felt that they were lying to me about something. And the very next morning, one of the county commissioners that actually voted to extend it got on the air because they all come on the air and tell their lies. And don't realize there's an archive anyway. So I called him up and I said, sir, I'm writing a book called It Took My Village. And it's about heroin addiction and homelessness where I grew up. He starts singing like a bird. Here's what happened, really. They gave themselves a $52,000 grant for this needle exchange program. They bought a motor home from a a private party for $17,000, but it's older, which to me smells like they knew someone that wanted to get rid of a motor home. (laughs) <laughs> they bought this motorhome. The thing is, okay, so they got $52,000. Guess how much the needles cost? Absolutely zero. Yeah, I wouldn't think they'd be very So costly. basically, they exploit from the general fund, gave themselves $52,000, and the needles cost nothing. They could have had them shipped to the need, to the uh, methadone clinic in the next town over, and they could have given them away at no expense. And I think people should start watching their local government and these grants that they're getting because they're using them improperly. They're stealing money. And the person that needs that money, which is the heroin addict that needs more than just a clean needle is getting nothing in return. I wish we had more watchdogs out there to, you know, to be got to do it. Well, Trump has given them a great cover so they can do, they can just rob us left and right at our own local government. That's true. That's what they do. It's a shame. 
I hope they enjoy the motorhome. I'll find out who the buyer is next time a county commissioner gets on, I promise. (laughs) Sounds great. Keep us updated. Let us know how it develops. Um, Definitely. Uh, That's why we have uh, many libertarians here in Keene who are running for various parts of the city government. Yours, myself included. I'm running for city council. Uh, Nobody is running for mayor. We have at least one other person running for city council, at least two other people actually running for city council. I don't know what chances any of us have. I'm going to be going out and knocking on doors and all of that. I don't know. Nobody actually got an endorsement from the union leader. Yeah, yeah, but I hear hear it was probably a sarcastic one. May have been, And not a sincere one. Well, uh, when the the – it is keen, and the options do suck. So, um, you know – an endorsement you're not is, wrong. Is, is an endorsement is. Well, let's real quickly try to get to David from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, no time for equality discussion, so might as well go with my memories. Man, you really did it tonight. One, two, and three. I made a movie with Billy Ray Cyrus. I did scenes with him all day one day. And uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm in what another was the name movie of the movie? With her. Uh, the first, uh, Cyrus was the spy next door with Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan and George Lopez, I was with them all day long, too. And then uh, uh, Bo Bridges and Maggie Gyllenhaal and Colin Farrell uh, in um, Crazy Heart. Well, and David, then, I'm, uh, I'm sorry we weren't able to you know, fully get to you because you're a regular caller. I like to get to you, but we just ran out of time for today. I wonder how many degrees from Kevin Bacon he is. Go check out the full show archives over at freetalklive.com. The archives there go back for 10 years. Go check them out. Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six-figure results for their customers in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and Crypto Wealth Coach Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 years with experience in all the money markets. By comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six and seven figure incomes, including helping investors make over three quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with change. Link. Seth has help for the small do-it-yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth. Visit CryptoWealthCoach.com.